Hey you guys, this is the Couplings Fire Podcast. Here's a couple of things you might need to know or maybe you just forgot. I'm Taylor, a volunteer firefighter and also a firewife to my favorite firefighter. Join me as I talk anything and everything fire-related. I don't claim to be an expert. I just love to talk fire, and everything I say is my own opinion. My goal, to inspire anyone listening to take the steps to bettering their department, however they can. Let's get on to the episode. All right. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. I am really excited this week because I have a good friend on the line. I have David Stender, and I'm going to let him say a couple things about himself. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, my <laughs> name's uh, David Stender. Uh, I'm on Volunteer Fire Department, uh, Center Point Fire Department, to be specific, here in uh, eastern Iowa. Uh, small town department, uh, small town 2,500. We can, we have about 23 members right now. We can have up to 25. Uh, myself personally, I've been on, this is my 20th year. So it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I mean, yet it does. And looking back, it's, I'm glad I'm at where I'm at now and not, you know, at five years on not knowing anything. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. 20 years. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, so we, we got a couple of different topics we're going to go over tonight. We're going to talk about some out of house training things and networking. And it's something that I've wanted to do episodes on these topics for a while. And I've, they've been kind of saved in the bank, just waiting for either myself to have the right words or to find somebody else who wanted to talk about them as much as I did. And so Dave apparently decided that he wanted to talk about these as much. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my things is like, I'd rather have somebody that's going to training, showing up for training all the time and maybe doesn't make all the calls, but at least if they're showing up at the trainings and they're getting familiar how to work with other guys or other gals on the department, that I know at least when they do show up that they'll be able to do what they need to do on the job. So, yeah. And for, this is the public, uh, what's, what's the correct word? Political correctness, little spiel I'm going to put in here. I'm not good at saying guys and girls. Right. And I'm a girl. So I'm just going right. to say guys all the time. Yeah, that's fine. Hopefully, okay. I was going to say, hopefully my listeners know by now that when I say guys, I mean, guys and girls, right. you know, right. so yeah. I'm all inclusive, but I'm not going to spend that much time brain power thinking about yeah. that when I want to spend it on talking about real stuff. Yes. I hear you. <laughs> so anyways, uh, no, as far as the outside training, I, um, so it was probably 2010-ish or so. Um, the way our structure was set up at our fire department, we had a chief, an assistant chief, two deputy chiefs, and three captains, and then firefighters. And okay. how it was is our deputy chiefs were the training officers. So it kind of tag team between those two to come up with training each month or week. Um, initially when I was started on the fire department, the first Wednesday of the month was our business meeting, which it still is. And then the third Wednesday of the month was our training. So it'd be part medical, part fire. What happened then is eventually it came to pretty much, we were all showing up every Wednesday night. And so we just kind of made a thing like every Wednesday night is training, except for that first Wednesday of the month. 
and it works out good. I mean, cause you don't have everybody there all the time. There's always people that, you know, have family stuff going on, which is understandable, not a big deal. So we were, we were doing great as far as training, having, you know, tag teaming and stuff. It worked out great. And then things kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of dribble off a little bit and, you know, people kind of get a little more lazy, I guess. I don't know if that's right or not, but, um, and then, so, oh, well, to back up, our, <laughs> our fire department used to be city fire department. Then back in 1994, not to get into the whole rigmarole, it became an agency fire department. So we had two township members and two city count or two city members and then one at large made up our agency. And they pretty much dictated, they controlled our money for our department and what it was going to be spent on kind of thing. And we had not a huge budget at all. And it was it was all right, but not super huge. We kind of tossed around the idea of becoming a city department again, and some people are kind of hesitant on that just because of things that happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chief that we have currently, who's been chief for I think oh thirteen years, he's he got on just a couple of years before me, and uh, so we talked about it, and we decided, hey, why not talk to the city about becoming a city department again? So that happened about. Five, six years ago, I believe, is when that took place and we became a city department. Instantly, our budget pretty much tripled. Um, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. And they, I think just before we became city department, we, were, we, we all went, all the firefighters went down to the city council meeting, all in our blue fire shirts. And basically, we went down there to talk to them about, hey, we need a new fire engine because we're on, you know, we got equipment that's just you know, seeing better days. And they're like, sure, go ahead, spec one out. And we were all just like stunned that they, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And so we got, got a new fire truck. And then right after that, I believe it's pretty much when we became city fire department. So our budget, again, the budget tripled. Um, and then two years after that was the start of working on getting a new fire station. So that's what's currently happening. Our new fire station is being built right now. That's awesome. But so, and then what, so what happened then after becoming city fire department, we decided we're going to, we kind of sort of had a, an association kind of like our um, fundraiser association of the fire department. Mm-hmm. And we decided like, okay, we're kind of getting a little bit big on this and we want to do things right and be and truly be a nonprofit. So we set up a whole nonprofit, the 501c3 thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's called Blue Creek Fire Incorporated. Just because Blue Creek runs through town. Kind of okay. sort of. <laughs> um and so it wasn't like you know people won't get confused on the two different names of the fire department kind of. Yeah. Um so we did that and then so we added a whole bylaws for that in the meantime we i rethought of our whole structure of the fire department itself so instead of having because we were hurting for numbers too so i thought well why don't we just have chief uh two assistant chiefs and then four captains and which worked out fine it you same number of officers i think maybe maybe one less 
and it worked out fine. And that's how we are currently now. And it doesn't really, I mean, it hasn't really affected anything. So one of the assistant chiefs, he's in charge of training and then I'm a captain. So I help out with training as well. I help coordinate things if he needs help. So it's not a big deal. And so that's where we're here. We are now. Um, so as the training thing, it leads into, I, you know, I'm an, I'm a fire instructor. So I did that. I got my fire instructor one back in 2007. I want to say, I'm not sure. I, I think that's right. <laughs> so I got my instructor. Why? I don't know. I thought maybe I was going to teach. I didn't really do a whole lot with it. I mean, I did the in-house training stuff and again, teaching right out of what a you know, the books or what I had learned from whatever somebody else had taught me at the fire state at the fire station. Well, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Or maybe even some things from, you know, going to a, like a couple of fire schools. And at the time I always gone to the fire school out in Ames. It was always in the winter. So it was the winter fire school. And so we go that maybe learn something and not necessarily always teach any of that stuff back at our department. Then, um, I think it was in 2015, maybe. Um, so we have at our community college in Cedar Rapids in the fall, they have, it's, it's called CETA, C-I-T-A. It's the Central Iowa Training Association. And they just had the training this last weekend. So it's a Saturday, Sunday event, and they have a bunch of all kinds of different trainings that come up. And so I usually... I had never gone to it, even though it's so close to home. I mean, 20 minute drive away. I'd never gone to it until probably about five years ago, just cause I thought, well, it's so rinky dink and it's kind of so close. And there's, you know, what, you know, I'm, I was in that mindset, Oh, it's so close and I'm not going to learn anything. And it's almost, and it's almost the same as like having an in-house structure in your fire department, teaching your own people and then not listening but if I have, if I have you come into my department and say the exact same things that I was going to say, they're going to be like all attentive and listening to every word you say. But if I say it, they're like, they're not going to pay attention. They'll be on their phones or like whatever. Oh, so, definitely. It's the same yeah. thing as, you know, little kids and yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> us in the fire service. We are little kids, <laughs> Yes. right? Yep. We, yep. we run around like cats. Like you can't keep us in a row, you know, like we, yep. we scratch and fight and whatever. Right. Like, yeah, but we won't listen to our own parents when they try to tell us, no, something's wrong. But if right. another, if another an adult figure comes in and tells us the same thing, of course, we're going to listen because exactly. we see them as an authority figure, you yep. know, somebody, somebody different. So it's, it's hilarious how that works. And I've seen yeah. it firsthand, both in, even in myself, I am guilty of it too. Right. <laughs> like yep. everybody, Same everybody here. is. Yep. And I've seen it happen to other people and it's terrible, right. but uh, it's something I think I wish all of us would work on that in ourselves to, right. to be able to to see more, more clearly that, you know, the people right in our own departments or the departments nearby have just as much to share as the people you're going to see at like FDIC or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just (laughs) being open-minded, open the mind and close the mouth and open the ears kind of thing. And just kind of pay attention and take some nuggets from it. Even if it's stuff that you've heard 20, 20 times, I mean, there's going to be something a little bit new in there. I mean, just take it. Just take it and and grab the nuggets and 
I can't tell you how many, and granted, I, I do a lot of online classes right now because that's what's available, available to me at the moment, but I can't tell you how many classes I've taken from the same instructors in person or online. And yep. every time I go back, you see something different. You learn oh, something yeah. different or you've learned enough in your fire career to be able to understand the whole basis better that you are picking up on everything else that you're actually right. seeing. Um, it helps you help. You take it like three or four times and it helps you re-instruct it to somebody else or re-teach it to somebody else. Yes. I can't no. tell you how many times I've taken a basic fire behavior class. So many times. And this right. was from the very beginning before I even started, like before, when I was first getting into everything. And it wasn't until one of the last times I went through an actual behavior behavior <laughs> class. And this was probably about three-ish years ago. But I finally saw, finally understood. And I saw a flashover and I understood exactly what it was. But it took gotcha. me that many times going through it. Before right. I could actually process in my brain exactly what I'm seeing, exactly what I need to see, you know, what was happening. Because people right. can tell you it all day long, but until <laughs> your brain clicks, yep. it's not going to stay. Or <laughs> you're going to like, oh, yeah, this is what happens. But you don't actually know what that means until it finally hits in. So I want to first off on this whole subject say that in-house trainings are still gold. They still need oh, to happen. Yeah. Yep. There's no excuse to not have your own in-house trainings. They, they need to happen because that's how you sharpen the skills, um, right. especially your very basics that you need to do, right? All of your basics mm -hmm. should be able to be done in-house in some fashion or another. There's plenty of places to look up how to do that. We've done a couple episodes on this ourselves, whatnot. But anyways, those are really good. But going to outside trainings is a whole nother level on, on so many different, for so many different things, on so many different ways. Yeah. Um, just some of the new ideas that you're able to, to learn from that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, and again, like I was saying, so like at CETA, I, you know, I, again, I'd never gone there because like that whole in-house training kind of thing. And I'd gone and I was like, oh, I was like, this is great. I'm like, holy cow, there's all kinds of great classes. And, you know, and, and it's like, okay, I'm going to come back again. And uh, so coming back again, the, the director on the continuing ed side, education side of that, um, she is super awesome. Um, she's like the best person. She's well, she's like a great lady. Love her to death. <laughs> she, I mean, she works her butt off putting the whole thing together. So, going there and um so the main so i also help teach um firefighter one and firefighter two at out there at the community college it's not it's not credited classes so it's open up to like you know outside counties and you know volunteers within the county to come and get their fire one fire two so a uh, main instructor that i help with that he was also at our fire school CETA. And so kind of put a, you know, kind of poked at me. Hey, why don't you come help me with the fire one kind of thing? It's like, oh, okay. And I kind <laughs> of like, so I started helping and I kind of, he, you know, had the whole um, schedule. I was like, eh, I'll show up whenever I can. And so, you know, I showed up quite a few times the first time around. Um, very hesitant as far as standing up in front of people and talking. And I did a couple of those, but I was more on the hands-on stuff. I like doing the hands-on. Yeah. So got more and more doing the hands on and he kept pushing me to stand up in front of class and, you know, talking in front of people, which, you know, 
you just got to do it. It's, it's nerve wracking and it makes you <laughs> super nervous and you don't, you know, I don't like doing it, but the more you do it, the lot easier it becomes for sure. And you don't, and you realize, okay, I don't care what the students, you know, think of me or laugh at me or whatever. Think about, you know, how I'm talking or anything. You got to put that all behind you and just go with teaching them what you know and teach them what you're supposed to be teaching. So, um, so I've been doing that and that I tell it's awesome because, you know, they're learning and they ask questions, but you also learn from the students that are green and may not know anything, or you may have some students that have been on their department for maybe three to five years, but haven't done, you know, that um, level of fire uh, training yet. And they that's have where questions. I was. So, yeah. So that's exactly where I was. And they are like, Hey, we do this. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Like, you're like, huh, dumbfounded. Like, never heard of that before or not even related to fire they may work at have a blue collar job in construction or something like that and they may say well hey dave a building such and such is built this way or something and something that i don't know you know i'm i'm a construction inspector so as for my real job so you know there's stuff that i see that i know but there's some there's a lot of stuff that i don't know so and that's all fine so mm-hmm. having somebody point stuff out like that is it's great to learn as well from the students. So yeah, so then that's you know where I am today. So, um, but as far as the outside world training, and I, and it's it's actually been probably the past couple of years now. I kind of mention every once in a while to people as like, get out of your bubble, get out of your small department fire you know small fire department training bubble get outside of your county get outside of your state go to trains if you if you can i understand that a lot of the volunteer fire departments just don't have the budget or their city may not pay for people to go to trainings and cover all those costs maybe they you know cover some of it i'm fortunate enough where my city actually covers all the costs um which is is awesome and they don't bat an eye um, for us to go to any trainings at all. So, um, so, and again, like I was saying, so Ames fire, the winter fire school is the one that I had always gone to. And then I started, I went to CETA here locally and I figured, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to venture out just a little bit, see what some other schools. So I went up to, over to Sioux city, Iowa to that fire school. And I got there I'm like, Oh, great. This is going to be one of those rinky dink kind of things, you know? And it was actually great. It was so awesome. The vendors were all out set up in the hallway and they had another room for vendors, but the classes were great. It was, I was impressed by the way it was set up, you know, went in there with a bad impression or what I, you know, thought it was going to be like, and it was totally the opposite. So, um, so I got to, yeah, I was going to say, so was CETA the first outdoor or outside of, your house conference you went to or did you go to another one first no there's the winter fire school that we'd always go there's always quite a few of us on our department that we used to go man we had 12 people go at one time which was so awesome it was awesome because we were all at the same hotel we went out (laughs) to supper together it was uh, serious it was great man it was just the whole camaraderie kind of thing Mm -hmm. i mean it was awesome so so yeah, what I, got you to go to your first conference? 
Like what, what was the reason you went? And then if you can remember, and then if you can remember, why did you go back after that? I think it was the, um, the fire chief that was fire chief when I first got on again, he's same, he was same, he's same age as me. Um, so he always had these stories of going out to fire school and then our current fire chief, he's like a year younger than me. So after the, after the fire chief that was chief, when I got on retired, then the, our current chief took over and they both had been out there back when the fire school used to operate a different way. Mm-hmm. And they used to have this, they used to have this thing called the pits out there. And that ha- that got shut down before my time of going out there, but it was pretty much like you survived that you you're a firefighter kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of this whole badass thing, I guess. I mean, I I never been out there, so. But uh, no, my, the fire my first fire chief, he's like, yeah, you gotta go to Ames, and he kind of pushed us to go out there. And there's all you know all kinds of great classes then. Um he went out and did the ice rescue class with him and a couple other people from our department. And they come back and they're like, Oh, this is great. And they're teaching it to us. And like, Oh heck, you know, then another five of us went out, took it. And we come back and like, Oh, this is a great class. Then like another five of us went out (laughs) and they took, and they're like, Oh, this is a great class. So it's kind of in the culture already to to have you guys go out and learn from the chief. He was pushing it. But then as you came back in numbers, it just started growing and growing and more people started going to outside trainings. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it got really good there for a while where a lot of people went out and it's it's really died off the past. Probably the past five years has pretty been pretty, you know, small numbers of people going out. Right now, our department is kind of at that stage where it's half, it's half um, seasoned people and half uh, five years or less people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of we got those newer ones that trying. We're trying to stress to like get out to the training. So this last weekend, I mean, I had I think four of them that went, and one of them I think had to bail out because he had other things going. So at least I had three newer guys going which was great i mean they got they got out and got exposed to it so the thing i i don't know if they're you know making friends or networking with other people out there at those schools which is a huge thing that i try to do even if somebody i don't know i try to at least start a conversation with somebody i don't know at all the schools so but and that's why i like to go with them or at least catch up with them at the fire schools and walk mm-hmm. around and make sure they meet people that I know. So I can introduce them to, Hey, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so, this, is, you know, this guy, you know, maybe it's a vendor. Okay. This guy, he knows what he's talking about, or maybe it's another instructor. It's like, okay, you need to take this guy's class, you know, next year or the following year at some point you need to take his class, you know, just kind of point them out to people that they need to go to vendors. They need to see that kind of stuff, kind of steer them in the right direction. So. Yeah, that is exactly what I was going to say is to, you know, you need to make sure before you just send a bunch of young people like go to conferences, you're going to stay with their own group because that's what's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and And, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Well, yeah, but you also want to have someone go with them who likes to network and take them into uncomfortable situations to see other people because 
they're not yep. getting the whole flavors of the fire yes. department of the brotherhood out there. Exactly. So oh. that's an, and, and so that gets to, um, well, so another fire school. So I gone to Sioux city and then, you know, I'd always kept going to Ames with the winter fire school. Well, then there's a couple of neighboring departments where chief and maybe a couple other guys went to, Hey, we're going to go to, we're going to go down to Missouri fire school. I'm like, uh, I'm like thinking, well, that's in Missouri. I'm like, that's not here. And they come <laughs> back and like, Oh, that's like the greatest, this was a great school, you know, had way much better stuff than, you know, Ames had this year and they had at, you know, so-and-so was an instructor and another so-and-so, you know, big name instructors. I'm like, Oh man, you know, after you know, hearing this, I'm like, man, I really like to go that and meet that guy, you know? So last year or 2018, I think I went or 19. I can't remember. I've been down there twice. So the first time I went, I was like, Holy cow. I like, this is a great, school i mean it was great training and i was just like i was blown away so what happened the first time i went or maybe the second time i went down i can't remember anyways we got down there to to, uh columbia columbus columbia columbus missouri and got down there on campus on friday night we went out in town had supper come back saturday morning you have classes all day long that night we're we stayed at the hotel where all the vendors were at and everything so we went back out in the town ate real quick come back we went to the um restaurant slash bar there in the hotel just to hang around you know maybe have a drink or two just talk you know talk with a buddy of mine that had gone next thing we know we're we're sitting down on the lower level at the table and we said hey let's go up next closer to the bar and sit on these higher tables and next thing you know we have like big name instructors coming and walking by and one of them the instructors that was teaching uh, the art of reading smoke come up he sat at our table with us we talked with him for probably almost an hour next thing you know there's other big name instructors coming up to him and then they're also talking to us at the same time and i was like holy cow i'm like this and they're like at first you're like, oh my gosh, that's so and so, and that's so and so, and that's so and so. But then ask, after was while, it was it Joe or Backer that was yeah. teaching the art of reading smoke? That was that was Joe's. That's for okay. Joe's. But then Sean Gray from Cobb County, Jason Whole Woman from down in Missouri. Um, there's a couple other that were there too. I was like, holy cow, like big names here, you know. And, but after a while you realize, okay, they're just regular people that they put oh, their yeah. pants on the same as me and they're laid back, super down to earth people. It was, I mean, it was great because not everything was exactly all about fire. I mean, got in the family stuff a little bit and I think maybe sports stuff and just, so it wasn't all about fire, which was great too. So, but after that, I was like, holy cow. Then the other one was, I think right after that, um, in April, I went to FDIC in 2018 for my first time. And let me tell you, that just blew my mind away. I was <laughs> like, holy cow. I actually, I took, um, you know, lecture classes that year 
and you know spent the days walking around looking at the vendors and stuff and i was just like wow and just you know i had taken oh the other so the other outside train was up in uh dubuque iowa it's the tri tri-state conference and that's a great one because on friday uh i think it's friday and saturday they have two different two different courses so they have a fire side and they have an EMS side, but you can take, you can take all day Friday as fire and all day Saturday as fire, or you can take all day Friday and all day Saturday as EMS, or you can do Friday fire, Saturday EMS or vice versa, whichever you want to do, which is awesome. So I went up to that one and that's where I'm, you know, I had uh, Mike Gagliano as in a class I had, um Dan Madrukowski from mm-hmm. FSRI, um Pete Van Dorp from Chicago Fire. Um gosh, there's probably some other names in there too. Just these guys that have been around for a while. I was like, oh, Dave Dodson up there, lottery and smoke. The first time I took that class, that blew me away. And then what? So you go to class and you're like, oh you know, ask, you know, ask some, you know, be the guy that asked the dumb question kind of thing, which I don't mind. Yeah, but well, then someone needs to be that person. I'm yeah. usually that person too. Yeah. So and I don't mind. <laughs> so which was fun. So then, was funny. Both the two times I'd gone was, um, there was you know take a break, go to lunch, and I go off and sit down. And I usually try to sit with somebody I know, or else I'll just go off and start a new table and thing. So <laughs> the first time Dave Dodson comes sits right next to me eating. I'm like, oh my gosh. She's like, can I sit here? I'm like, sure. So Chris like small talk kind of chit chat while we're eating and i was like holy crap you know the second time that i'd gone up there p van dorp same thing happened i was eating he comes i think there's somebody else in with us he comes sits at the table with us just starts you know bsing away just starts talking up you know about different stuff and asking questions and we're asking him questions and i was like holy cow like that's what i love about these conferences especially the smaller ones because that just happens you know, yeah. one of my favorite conferences that I go to, uh, the Les Lukert conference is it's like usually 150 people max. That's it. And right. so you have 150 people plus your instructors. And we usually have about, oh, between four and 10 instructors there every year. Right. And they just come and eat with you too. And if, yeah. everyone, there's, you know, they, they hang out all weekend. You get to see them at the local bars right there, you know, especially the hotel bars, if you're staying there, you know, and you just, you, it, it's just so nice because you just, you get more time with them than what you would at some of these yeah. conferences. Now I have not been to FDIC or anything like that. Oh and I'd love gosh. to someday. I'd love to. It will someday blow I will get there. Mind. But blow I, your mind. I can definitely see how it's a different type of experience though, because you definitely mm-hmm. get more one-on-ones with the instructors when you go to these smaller, smaller micro conferences, but you yep. get the bigger effects of the brotherhood and fire service when you get to the big, big ones. Yeah, the like FDIC, it's so again, you know, I met all these other instructors at these smaller conferences and stuff, and they get the FDIC and you see them again. And, you know, they may not even remember your name or anything, but when you go and say, Hey, Mike Gagliano, he's like, Hey, how you doing, buddy? You know, or and you have your, you know, credential tag around, you know, around your neck with your name. So it's like, Hey, how you doing, Dave? You know, they're, you know they're reading your name tag. But, yeah. You know, they probably don't remember because they run into so many people, but they make you feel like they've known you for 
several years you know they don't mm-hmm. make you feel like you know a dirt bag or something but <laughs> it's, it was great so i mean my gagliano uh paul combs you know um la, la so 2019 when i went i took my youngest boy and had a you know walking down the hallway and stopped and we talked with bobby halton so i was like oh my gosh we're talking to the guy in charge of the whole thing so it was it was great you know it was a five minute conversation but it was still you know he made you feel like we like you know he felt he i don't know propped you up to his level or came down to your level or just made you feel human you know what i mean yeah so yeah it was great so um i definitely recommend fdic to anybody and especially if you don't want to take you know the hot classes or the lecture because because that's pricey stuff and again on the volunteer world you may not have that budget or your city may not pay for cover that stuff but at least like the vendor stuff that's um that 80 bucks this year so three days it's a thursday friday saturday and then on top of that you know you have your hotel obviously and then mileage and gas and supper and stuff like that and what's nice the other thing nice at fdic is after at the end of the day afterwards everybody always has plans on going somewhere because everybody wants to get together as a you know, hey, where are you going? Oh, we're going to go to this steakhouse. Okay, I'll catch you there. Next thing you know, there's like, you know, 80 firefighters at this steakhouse <laughs> and, you know, you probably know 10 of them or something. So it's, yeah, it's awesome like that. So, yeah. So I, I want to touch on a couple of things before we get yes. off of the out of house training topic. <laughs> <laughs> so know, first right? of all, Squirrel. oh, it happens all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I plan for it. Um, so I was just kind of want to touch on, you know, some of my favorite things to like what you get at outside training conferences or like what people don't think about. So like a lot of, I know when I first started going to outside conferences or classes or trainings, I was trying to figure out why should I go to these? Because I'm a lowly firefighter. I can't Mm -hmm. actually change anything at my department. And I just want to touch on all the benefits to going to these for every rank of a firefighter. Um, and for me, the first one was to get better at my skills. First of all, if you do any hands-on classes mm-hmm. um, and if you do any lectures, I mean, just the knowledge in general, you're going to be getting from these classes, especially if you, I mean, pick a subject you love in the first place or are interested in. Otherwise, you may not have a great time being honest, right. you know, so mm-hmm. pick something you're going to want to learn about because you're going to be so invested in that. Um, I learned so much about fire behavior and so much about one of the first big, big outside trainings I did was search and rescue under live fire. And that was a learning curve, but it was so much Mm -hmm. fun, but I got so, I got so good really quickly from it in my own personal skills. I didn't have a lot I could take back to teach the rest of the department, but I got better myself for it. Right. But when you're starting to look towards, um, you know, the chief officers well, like, well, they don't necessarily need or want any more fine tuning of these other skills if they've already been doing it for a while, or if they're not, going to be doing a lot of that in the future you know so I know at least the ones I've been to there's a lot of leadership classes out there and it's not just for the chief officers those can be even Mm -hmm. for just the lower level firefighters too right um is there anything that you can kind of think of on those lines of yeah um and and think and thinking back on like the all the outside classes and stuff that I've gone to I was very hesitant initially doing any hands-on stuff because mm-hmm. I was always afraid of I'm going to mess up and I'm going to look like an idiot. 
So I was always very hesitant on doing that. And it's probably not until probably good five to eight years ago that I was like, oh, okay, you can do hands-on because the training ground is the place to mess up and you can do it a second time or a third time or a fourth time if you need to, to figure out, you know, make sure you're getting it right. Um, Really quick before you go on to your second point, uh, just because on that one, I have seen firsthand, I don't know how many times most instructors, even if they're the top level ones, whatever, they are used to seeing all levels of people and they will bring it down to your level. So even if you think you're bringing the class backwards or whatever, you're not, they know how to deal with it. They know how to adapt it for you and for everybody else. So don't be afraid to go in there. Even if you don't think you know anything and you're afraid to screw up anyways, go on to your other one you're thinking of. And that's, (laughs) and that's so, and like on the instructor side, when I'm teaching my fire one or fire two, um, there's different things that I'll go show them. I was like, I'll show them, okay, this will happen if you do it the wrong way. And sometimes I'll try to make it where I mess up on purpose to Mm -hmm. show show them like, Hey, I'm just a human, just like you guys. So, and I'm gonna mess up and I'll reinstate, Hey, this is the fire. This is training mess up here. All you want, you know, as long as somebody's not getting hurt, obviously, but mess up here. And if you need to do it three or four times till you're comfortable doing, then we got all night. I mean, it's however long you want to be here and however good you want to get at it. So, um, so yeah, I caught myself and it was weird. Cause I, I caught myself. I was like, Oh, you're not doing the hands-on training. Cause you're afraid that you're going to you know, <laughs> mess up in front of people and people are going to you know judge you for it. Yeah. So it got past that. But, um, the recent trainings, um, that I've been to is, um, is rogue training consulting, which are two brothers have set this up. Um, they're, they're in the central state of Iowa over by Des Moines on career departments on a career department. And, uh, the initial training I went to, they had down South, uh, Eastern Iowa, small out in the rural, very rural, uh, fire department, uh, small town. I mean, very small town, probably like 700 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and had an abandoned house that we could do the training in. And so I went to that and took my youngest son and oh my God, I was just blown away because we did we did ladders, we did vertical ventilation, we did um search and you know VES, we did hose handling um stuff inside the house, and uh oh we did um forcible entry. We ran, you know, K-12 saw cutting up garage door. And I learned so much that day. I, and that, <laughs> it was a Saturday, Sunday. It was Saturday, I was blown away. We was like, holy, I was like, my guys on my department need this training. There's just mm-hmm. so many things that made you more efficient at doing things. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so a couple of months later, they had another one and it was, in it's about 45 minutes away from here so it's kind of more northeast of where i'm at and it's from these guys hometown and it was an old brick building schoolhouse and we did all the same stuff and again it was great different kind of structure but all the same stuff and i learned a few more nuggets that was like and also practice on the same stuff that we learned the first time and i was like holy i was like this is just so awesome oh we did like hose loads too so like if one department 
ran a Minuteman or another department did a flat load or another department did a triple load or whatever. We put all those loads on a truck and we pulled them. And then guys are like, well, we run a flat load. So we put it on there and we pull it and see how you know efficient it was and whether we liked it or not. So that's where um, they showed us the upside down Minuteman. Basically, it's a flat load, but you lay it, you put it in there a certain way where I can pull it out and flop it on my shoulder, kind of dive into it and spin around. So it's on my shoulder, like a minute, man, and then reach around, grab a little bit, go. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much better. I was like, I don't have this big nest of hose next to the fire truck. I got all the hose at the house. I was just like amazed. So my goal was to see if I could get our hose, our cross lays and stuff changed on our, on our apparatus, on our two main trucks so it was probably may or june of this year um rogue training consulting had a big training event happening in knoxville iowa at the old va center and it had a whole bunch of big buildings and there's gonna be 100 students there which i was like holy cow it's all free saturday sunday all day saturday was um ladders search and forcible entry and there might have been one thing i think there's four stations each day so i did did that the first day so throwing ladders doing search doing uh forcible entry and the nice thing there's so many doors if you messed up on a door and didn't like the way you do it you just go to the next door there are so many mm-hmm. doors that you could just do whatever oh the other one was uh vertical ventilation that was you know, cutting roofs so out there, there's a, a tunnel that had like a wood roof on it that sticked up above the ground so far. However much, however much rough you wanted to cut, you cut as many times as you want. All I mean, seriously, cut as many times as you wanted to. Then the next day was hose handling for us. And, oh, my gosh, it was, again, it was more, <laughs> stand, it was, you know, moving inch and three-quarter hose, hose lines and stuff. But then also getting into your two-and-a-halves. They had brought in uh, two and a quarter and two inch to play around with. And we did some uh, standpipe operations, which I'd never done before. So that was a new thing that day learning, but we we're doing all the hose handling stuff on the second floor and it's concrete floor, concrete brick building. So it's a lot of standing water, like three to four inches. So you're sloshing through all this water and you're on your, you're down on your knees and you got water <laughs> coming up in your pants and then down in your boots kind of thing. So that day, that day kicked my butt for real. And there's a lot of people that were there on Saturday that, that did not show up on Sunday. And then there's people that showed up on Sunday that ended up leaving earlier. And I think a lot of people came up with excuses why they want to leave just cause it kicked their butt. And I was, I was fine with it kicking my butt and having it show that I kicked my butt. Well, I was not going to leave. I was not going to leave because it was kicking my butt. You know, I want to stay there and still get the nuggets. Even if I was listening to it and watching it happen, I wasn't going to leave just because it was kicking my butt and I couldn't, you know, my knees were killing me. My back is killing me. I I was, at least I could sit here and watch somebody else. I could watch my son do it and, you know, I could still learn from watching it. So Mm -hmm. that was a thing for me. I was, I I was definitely not going to leave. There, there are definitely times we, we have to know our limits with trainings too. Uh, there was a training I did with, uh, Dave Mellon of our Valor fire training. He was up in Nebraska for one. It was an all day thing. And I, 
we worked hard that day. We worked really hard that day. Nice. And we got to the last evolution. And I didn't know it was the last one. I thought we had like two more. So I'm like, I'm going to sit this one out to kind of like regain everything just to make sure I don't whatever. Right. But like, right. I want to do yeah. one more evolution. So I want it to be the last one. I just need a break. But right. then I found out they were doing just that last one. That was it. I'm like, well, shoot, now I have to like buck up and do it, you know? Cause like, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. But right. it's one of those things where I was the only one who was going to be sitting out and it did feel awkward right. to do it, but I knew I kind of, I knew I had to, but I didn't, I wasn't going to leave. Right. I wanted to see it all happen. I wanted to see what everyone was doing. So mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. of a same kind of correlation to that. Right. Um, yeah. So on these out of house trainings, yeah. Um, where are some places I was like, I'll go ahead and list off some of the places that I like to look for them or some of the kind of different levels of out of house trainings people can go find. If you know of any others, feel free okay. to speak up sure. or any other way to find them. So, um, first of all, um, mutual aid associations tend to sometimes either do just their own trainings or have information oh. there for others. Um, of course there's FDIC and firehouse expo, <laughs> you know, and things like that. Right. So the bigger name ones, um, then you come down to, um, some of your micro conferences and these can be just, they're scattered throughout the country, just kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned the less lucrative one. I'm assuming your CETA one was kind of the same way. Yeah. Kind of a micro conference. Small... Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and they're everywhere. And I know, and I'm assuming it's probably the same for you too, David, but for us, you know, we bring in a lot of the same instructors that go to FDIC and Firehouse and all these other big name conferences, not all at the same time. Right, <laughs> you know, right. we don't have the budget for that, but you bring them in every other year or something like that. You'll have a couple that come in that are bigger names. And then uh, did I mention Fools conferences yet? No. Okay. So um, this is actually kind of new to me because I don't know if right. there's a Fools kind of in my area. I think the closest one may be Kansas City. Um, okay. So, but I know fools, a lot of different fools, uh, groups, organizations yep. have conferences that they put on. Yeah. Um, otherwise pretty much the only way I see anything is if I'm on like Facebook groups, like engine company resurrection or something. Um, but it's, is there any other better way or how do you find out about conferences? Um, I usually it just happens by like, you know, Word of mouth. social social media oh, kind of usually. Yeah. Well, like the the mutual aid ones. So we have our our county fire association where it rotates through the different um, departments every month. Once a month, we have a meeting there. So whoever hosts, so say if I host that meeting this month, it's up to me to come up with a training of some sort that maybe it lasts for an hour, hour and a half. You don't want it to be super long, but you also you provide a meal before. So when it gets there. You may, you'll have the meeting, um, you may eat the same time you're having, you know, let people eat the same time you're having the meeting. And then right after that, then you do the training. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, um, my goal on that is to, since that our county agency has a budget, I want to try to see about maybe every other month or maybe every six months, get some recognized instructor of some sort. Uh, from out of our area to come in and do a training at whoever the host department is, is, is my goal. Yeah. Don't know if, you know, that's a goal. Don't know if it'll happen or not, but it's tough. You gotta have a budget for it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one is we try to do 
mutual aid wise with our mutual aid departments, um, we try to get together a lot more now on doing trainings together. Um, our department to the north of us, we've done uh, some wild, some grass fire wildland training stuff together. Uh, we did some extrication trainings together. We have another extrication extrication training <laughs> coming up that we are that they're actually going to come down to. Uh, we did um, big water training, like rural water supply training, with several mutual aid departments back in April or May, I believe that was, and that was that was just one day thing that was really good. So. Um, yeah, the, the Fools one, uh, we have the Des Moines area metro Fools, or the damn Fools, as they call it, as it's called. <laughs> so that is, the president of that is also one of the owners of the Rogue Training Consulting. So they try to, again, they try to make sure training happens, which is awesome. So I just, I love it. I just, uh, you can tell those guys that have that passion training and want to do stuff all the time. And that's kind of what I look for, too um and then just the social media side of it i mean recently with you know on facebook instagram uh other things like that just people talking about stuff that's happening i mean the um lake of the ozarks one i knew about Mm -hmm. that a couple years ago but just haven't been able to get down there to just different things going on i'm the same way that's one that's definitely on my list yes that is (laughs) the next one that's one on my list i want to get to as well and I th- maybe we'll and both I, get to I, it this next coming year <laughs> yeah and i think that one popped i think that one popped into my ear from having gone down to missouri fire school i think there mm. are guys talking about that one so um and then there's like fire on the water down in florida and i know there's some east coast ones happening and there's always something happening now like out in denver um yeah there, there's definitely you know, the bigger or the those ones like kind of all over and i know we have a few yeah. even small day ones in right. Nebraska. And like uh, one that I loved going to actually, if anyone's in Kansas, especially on the volunteer side and in Kansas, the Kansas State Firefighters Association actually has free two day little fire schools around Kansas throughout the year. And I used to go to those a lot because they're nice. free for anyone to attend. Right. And um, they don't have a big class offering necessarily, but they're really good if you want to brush up on your skills or if, um, especially if you find out like, because they put out the class list usually a couple weeks to like a month ahead of what that fire school is and where they're doing it, but they'll have the class list out there. So like, it's a good place. If you don't know a lot about extrication, go yeah. take an extrication class from there or something, you know, and yep. especially with budgets for fire departments, it's a free thing to do. Yeah. So it helps. It definitely helps on the budget wise. If, yes. if the training's free. Okay. Now the cost is just my mileage and hotel room. Exactly. And meals maybe I usually don't charge. I don't, I don't usually charge a city back for my meals at all i mean they're already paying for my training i figure well i can you, i can pay, can pay for your, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that's not a big deal yeah so um also outside you know there's the uh there's all kinds of online training too it's so you have ridiculous to vet it. yeah you, you yeah. have to really vet it to find the good stuff though yes i mean so like there's fsr fsri mm-hmm. they have like a four they have a whole bunch on there that are 45 minutes long. You basically sit through there, watch those, watch a video, take a little quiz. It pumps out a little certificate that you can take, take down to your fire department and have them mark it up as training, you know? Yeah. You know, I so loved like, their uh, basement fires one. 
I learned so much. I was yeah. schooling Chris on a lot of information. He's like, I've never <laughs> learned this stuff before. And I'm like, hey, yeah. you should go take these classes online. <laughs> now, well, like some, about stuff, the- some online classes are pretty dry. <laughs> so yes. you have to you have to be prepared for different yeah. ones. Yeah. But yeah. And that and that's a that's a tool for people like so in the state of Iowa here, we have to have 24 hours minimum training is what you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And and fire departments are supposed to document that. So in case you know somebody decides to come and audit you and verify that you guys are actually doing 24 hours, I guess, but which is all fine. That's I get it. And even when that came into Iowa code back whenever that was as several years ago um there's a whole lot of uproar on that because oh my gosh 24 hours you know some people ain't gonna be able to get 24 hours. I'm like they should like, be able to that's Is two it- hours that's two hours a month or you go into a fire if I go to a fire school that's if I attend two days I can rack up 12 hours right there yeah you know or 16 hours whatever so Nebraska doesn't have anything like that yet they have the um the tax credit to it oh, yeah. so so you can rack up points from going to trainings for that but they don't have any actual hmm. um any actual uh credits you have to have then the other trainings on um you have the u.s fire academy trainings which those mm-hmm. again dry stuff but i mean it's stuff that you know you take it so like nim stuff i yeah. you know course fire one you have to have 100 and 700 okay what else is out there well came to there's a 300 and a 400 being taught in a county south of us i went to those oh my gosh i loved them so it was like it the first day i was like okay this is kind of dry but then it got to more in actual the instructor was talking about different events that took place and how the whole class actually you know related to the events and how one was um, talking about Katrina and how, you know, uh, ICS 300, 400, you know, related to that. Uh, we had a big tornado that came through and went through the town of Parkersburg and pretty much, you know, took a good swath of that town, went bye-bye. And he related, you know, 300, 400 to that as well. And it was an eye-opener on how the whole incident command system worked and how it all flowed <laughs> and everything. No, and how it all flowed. It it worked out. I mean, it was great. Um, so then I was like going through, and I let's see uh, ICS two hundred, which is like all the documents, like the like the paperwork to fill out, like you know your incident action plan and all the all that kind of stuff. And oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that that one kind of kicked my butt a little bit, but it was good. <laughs> I went through it, got through. It, I have done. that one coming up pretty soon. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, the other, the other is, and I always, I always try to bring it up to, um, people as another avenue is the wildland fire side. Mm -hmm. So there's the, for us to do the wildland stuff, you can take the L180, S190, S130, and then that's all online. You basically take quiz tests, print out a certificate. And then for us, we go to a two-hour class, sit through that. After that, they teach how to run a drip torch, how to do a few other, how to run hand tools a little bit. And then when you're done with that, if you want to take the pack test, you can. So that's the three-mile walk with a 45-pound pack in 45 minutes. And then when you're done with that, you basically fill out the federal paperwork and get your red card to 
you know, basically get signed up to go out West. And so I had a couple kids do that. And one kid did that and surprised me that he did it because he didn't tell me about it. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, he's like, Hey, I'm going out West. They called me. I'm like, I leave in two days. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, I was like, I was like, awesome, dude. <laughs> I, was like, I was, I was so jealous. I really was. I was like, that's awesome. So he went out West for two weeks and, you know, he took pictures and stuff and, you know, sent some pictures back while he was out there. And I was, he came back and told us all about it. And I was, I was like, wow. I was like, dude, I'm so jealous that you went out there. So that's my goal this next year. Cause I've been, I've been kicking that can down the road for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal this next year is to do that pack testing, get signed up for that. And <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how that goes with work. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't want to spend all our time on this, but uh, I want to move on to the second kind of thing we're going to talk about tonight, the networking. And we, we actually started to get into that because it goes very much hand in hand with outside trainings because with the, with the outside trainings, you don't just go and get your knowledge for your skills and for the, you know, everything that's happening. That's not all of why you go to outside trainings. That's half of it. The other half and the way to do it correctly is to go and network with people. <laughs> yep. Um, on, on that, how, for me, how, um, you know, going, going to all the schools and stuff. Yeah. You're meeting people, probably meeting same firefighters that I mutual aid with, or maybe the next department past that, that I run into at other things. And maybe a little bit networking, but it's not somebody new, you know, it's somebody I've known but it's not somebody new that I've never met before that I'm networking with. So the first time I think that I really started networking with people was going to our Iowa society of fire service instructors conference, which is always, was always in like September or November, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So I went to that. And again, there's always two instructors, two or three instructors I knew. And then they would introduce me to another instructor like, oh, so then you like, okay. And then you start talking to that guy or talking to another guy and you may not talk to him all the time, but you're always, you know, you're looking forward to that time when that conference is coming up to get to see that person again, which is always the oh, huge yes. thing for me is like, oh, dude, this conference come up. So I'll get to meet so-and-so I'll get to meet Joe and I'll get to meet Bill and I'll get to meet, you know, Dan or somebody, you know, so and then when the conferences don't happen, you're like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. And you're hoping you get to see him <laughs> something else. So that was that was kind of a stepping stone. And then so one of the instructors that um, I usually went to that with, he's like, hey, do you want to join the International Society of Fire Service Instructors? I'm like, what's that? He's like, well, that's like the international version of the Iowa Society of Fire Service Instructors. I'm like, OK, I'm sure. So there's a whole history behind all that too. So the Iowa, the Iowa Society of Fire Service Instructors was the first one, but they weren't registered as the first one. Um, Wisconsin came in, started right after Iowa. So since Iowa didn't register as the first one, Wisconsin registered first. So they got number one as the, as their number. So the <laughs> Iowa's number two. So that's mm. how that is. But basically, the International Society of Fire Service Instructors started because of the Iowa one had started. So the international one, the first time I went to it, or first few times, 
I'm like, wow, this is great. I mean, there's just guys from all across the country. Even um, there's a guy from a couple guys from Canada. There's a guy from Denmark the first time. I think there's a guy from Brazil the first time. Just me and these guys are like, holy cow, you flew all the way here for this time. I'm like, oh, gosh. But it was good. It was another networking thing. And I was just blown away. So then I went to uh, the second conference. And they had a conference over in Tinley Park over by Chicago. And that one, that one really opened my eyes into the whole more networking stuff. Um, the chief over there at the time, um, uh, Forest Reader, super awesome guy. He's down to earth. I mean, just talk to you like a normal person, but also introduce you to other people and say, hey, you know, go talk to this other instructor who's another big name, but just a normal guy, you know, or you run into other guys that you saw at the last conference too. And just like, it was, it was so awesome. Just meeting, uh, oh, there's a guy, instructor fire chief from out in montana let him met you know now friends with them um, facebook and stuff it's just it just blows your mind away when you start meeting these people you kind of become friends and they're kind of big wigs and i'm just like you know i'm just a regular <laughs> joe here in eastern iowa to volunteer but they're right they're regular guys too it's just they're your paths always go different ways you know and they're on a career fire department and they got the, you know, the million dollar lottery ticket and they're living the dream, you know? <laughs> so, but, um, and the other networking stuff, again, FDI, it's back that back, you know, comes around back to FDIC too. You know, I, I, there, there's always the international fire service, uh, uh, fire instructor, uh, conference there that we always had a lunch in there on Fridays with all those, uh, ISFSI instructors and stuff, which was great because there was a whole award ceremonies that went on there too, which was awesome. Um, you know, trying to think of uh, other networking things. Really, I think I think the smaller conferences are a lot more personal, probably. Mm-hmm. Just I think if you get you know the conference is all great, but if you don't go out to the social hour or for supper and the lunches and stuff like that and make sure you don't sit with people that you hang around all the time go sit with some go sit at a table that you don't know anybody that is exactly you know? the way to do it that is the way yeah. i've been doing it yeah and not always on purpose but usually yeah. i go to these things alone and i just sit down at a table because i don't know where else to eat and then i right. start talking with people and that's just the way it goes and that's and how i end up meeting most of the people i meet yes. at conferences and one of the things i've learned is and there's always that you know oh i'm career or i'm volunteer and to me it's it it doesn't matter either way but you kind of i think you get a little bit no snubbing on some volunteer departments and you know even even volunteers you know kind of knocking other volunteers a little bit because you know well i got small town you know population 100 and they only have two fire trucks and it's 10 guys on the department and they're all farmers okay that's what that's what they're dealt with i mean yeah that's, they don't have that's, a choice yeah that's it i mean and if there's a fire there may be on the field they may have been out in another town they may have been at a cattle sale somewhere else or mm-hmm. doing who knows what and maybe there's only five of those guys in town or you know whatever so and 
So, you know, you get to the fire conference and you see those guys and you're like, Oh, he's on, like, Oh, he's on small town. And you get, you say, kind of see guys like, you know, kind of snubbing their nose. I'm like, how are you mocking the guy when he's here at the training? You know, yeah, he's, he's here, happen. he's here at a conference and the training. Yeah. You know, I, I could care. So what if he's in blue jean, he's got the bent up hat, you know, yeah. ball cap and he's got, you know, denim coat and he's got a flannel shirt. I don't care. You know, he's here. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, saying that he's better than not being here. So, you know, they already knows everything. So that's one of my, that's kind of one of my pet peeves a little bit, but. No, but I definitely it, understand it, it, it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, uh, the whole training and, and networking, man, it is, it just, yeah. Training is huge. Trust. I try to stress that everybody just get out there and again, get outside of your bubble get side uh, get outside of your county and get out of your state if you can i mean if you can get, at least get out of your county you know like i went out to sioux city that time and i was and i went out there with a closed mind thinking it's going to be podunk kind of messed up you know not very mm-hmm. good you know conf- it was great I and mean, it was a good conference so and it's not just getting out of your county i mean it is but once you're at the yeah. conference or whatever training you're doing you need yeah. to spend time even if you're with your own people, you need to spend yep. time with other people in other departments, not in the classroom. Yes. That is the important part of going to these outside learning opportunities. Um, I'm going to say, well, I don't actually have the actual quote. I heard it actually this morning on Robbie Owens's uh, Average Jake podcast on his newest episode. Uh, I got the episode number 53, if anyone okay. wants to check it out. So this isn't word for word, and I can't remember who said it. I should have looked it up before this and I didn't, (laughs) but basically you can't study the universe. If you stay, if you only stay on your planet, Nice. it's not going to work. You you have to get out there and you like that. Right. (laughs) I really loved it too. I wish I knew who said it and I wish I knew the actual words. Yeah. That's, that's basically a sum up of what it is. Um, it's, it's a really good one. Also go listen to that episode because it's, that's a good episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to get out of there. Otherwise, you can't say that you study the universe. You can't say that you study the fire service, that you are a member of the fire service if you don't get out there and learn right. from other people. You know, uh, it's it's just a huge, it's a huge part of what the brotherhood is that most, it's, it's sad to say, but most people don't get to see because they don't ever get out. And I know a lot of times, a lot of departments aren't, they don't have the culture and they don't have the push from their right. their senior membership to go out to these smaller conferences right. or to, to right. these outside conferences and trainings. So yeah, that's the yeah. it's hard. I think you get a lot of a lot of departments where the older, the senior, seasoned guys that have been on for a while, like, well, you know, I had to go learn stuff on my own, and nobody else showed me how to do this. And why should I have to? Why should I show you learn the same way? Well, okay, I got that, but you know, actually step up and be the leader and actually, you know, Hey, you new guy, come here. Yes. I mean, so we, we had a new guy. We had a guy come get on the department and he, he walked in and he filled that application and he showed up the first, the first one Wednesday night. And he wasn't on yet. He was just there to, you know, he hadn't gotten voted on or anything in his application, but he showed up the Wednesday night and he's like, Hey, what, what can I do? I hand him the, the um, broom. I'm like, here, I go help these guys clean this hose. We were like cleaning those. Like, here's a brush. I'm gonna help these guys. And I kind of walked off. And it was kind of a test to see what he's gonna do. Is you know, like look at me, like, what the hell? 
nope, he took it and he went to town and, you know, got jumped in right with the guys and started helping clean, come back, shot the, you know, shot the breeze there and, and super guy. I mean, he'll give you shirt off his back. You know, he wants to learn. He's, he's, he's hungry for the training. So, mm-hmm. which is great. So. No, your, your ceiling should be everybody else's floor that comes after you. Yeah. You, you should want to leave the fire service better than what it is. Yep. And they're going to have their own problems to face. If you're really worried about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to have I, their own things. They have to work through on right. their own too. And one of my things has always been, I want, I want you to be better than me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when I know you're coming up and you're trying and you're trying to get better than me, it's going to push me to still try to be better than you. Yeah, I want you to be better than me, but you coming up and I can see, oh, hey, we're doing, we're going to do 50 pushups. Okay, great. Well, we're at 50 pushups and you're still going, well, shit, guess what? <laughs> I need to make sure I get 60 now, you know, or whatever, yeah. something like that, you know? So, which was awesome. So like we had it was several years ago we did like a physical fitness training thing one night and we had like the tire and we were using the sledgehammer and we were, um, I think we were pulling holes a certain length. Uh, we're having guys walk around the block with their air packs on and we're doing pushups with our PPE and air packs on, which was fine. So, which was awesome. So at the time I was like, you know, regularly going to the gym and, you know, able to do a lot of pushups. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to do pushups and, we're like, how many we do? I'm like, however many you can do until you quit, you know? So I'm like, I'm going, I'm like 30, like 35, like oh, 36. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm like, dude, I know I can do 40. I'm like 37. I'm like, oh crap. And like Nick Kit, one of the other firefighters kids, he was, he was uh, getting ready to go off to Marine reserves kind of thing. So he'd been working out regularly too. So yeah, I was on, yeah, he's going to town. He's like 35. 36 he got the 40 and he stopped and like i was like damn it's like but after i got done i was like dude like good job like mm-hmm. i'm glad you i'm glad you did more than i did i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to try to up you next time so but it was good because i again if you're not pushing them to again that's a whole ego thing i think in the fire service people just like oh i gotta be better than him like no like if push them to be as good as you and better you know, with my boys, I want them to be better than I ever was at anything. So, yeah, I but, think one last thing I want to touch on on yeah. networking before we end here um, is why, why do we network? You know, like be, people, I don't know. I don't know if the younger yeah. generation and I'm kind of like in the middle now, I'm just about 30, you know, so like there are right. people younger than me coming into the fire service. And I don't know if they understand why we network. And I just, I kind of want to go into some of those topics about why, good, you know? Yeah. Why? That's a good why? one. Um, I mean, and, first of and all, friends. Yeah, it's well, fun yeah. to have friends. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. True. And I used to not, I used to not be one to, you know, I was more introverted kind of person, not there's no way i'd like stand up front and talk to people and put myself out there at all i mean i this is like i would never ever be talking like this <laughs> in the past for real but I, yeah why we network i mean you know is is it is it that we're trying to learn maybe from somebody else that we you know again those you know 
name brand instructors that are out there that have, you know, that are all over social media and out there and have a big name for us. Are we trying to, you know, get to their level, but their level is the same level we're at. It's just, we're not putting ourselves out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I definitely I mean, know what you're they're not really at a bigger level. I mean, they're spread at, they're spread across on the same level. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> they're wearing the same jeans as me, but I'm just sitting here on the couch in my jeans and they're all over. Well, I know the you biggest know. reason I network. Uh, first of all, I, I like having people that I can talk to about the things that other people don't understand is, is right. number one, probably yeah. is why I network. Um, otherwise, honestly, and it is a selfish reason, but I don't think it makes it bad for being selfish, but if I have Mm -hmm. a question or if I have a problem or whatever, hopefully somebody I've talked to before and become friends with, they might've gone through before or heard of somewhere else that happened or have some actual like good advice for me so I can get the most information to make a solid sound decision for myself on what to do for something. You know, it's like if, if, um, if someone has a green explosion somewhere, you know, like oh. they're like, okay, let's just say like just a scenario like that. Um, if they don't call for help to, if they don't know how to fight a green explosion, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't call somebody like, okay, how do we do this? All you right. know, what are they going to do? They're going to yeah. do the best with what they have, but it would have been so much better if they would have had someone to be able to call for help for that. Right. Case. You know, and, and that's an extreme, but like, you know, it could be something as simple as a career advancement choice, or maybe there's a right. weird personnel issue happening that you're not used to, or mm-hmm. um, maybe something weird happened at a fire and something went wrong. Maybe not like drastically wrong, but it went wrong and you need some help trying to figure out maybe what, what could have been done instead or something for that. And somebody else has gone through that. Yeah. So that's crazy. You bring that up. So we had exactly that thing with uh 2017 super bowl sunday we had a fire right at halftime uh super bowl sunday <laughs> yeah oh it was crazy so we get rolling it's like comes out as a fire on the porch so my oldest son uh he is an explorer on the fire department at the time so my youngest boy he was too young to be on so we're rolling up and he had to drive past the house to get to the fire station. The address was 911 Franklin Street. So bad address oh, of choice, right? Goodness. Right? Yeah. So we get going and we drive by it and I see a little bit of white smoke come out the porch. I'm like, oh, this will be an easy one. We're just gonna go. We'll get the engine, we'll get the rescue, grab the water can, we'll put it out. Not a big deal. Roll up. I you know, run in the fire station. Well, the fire chief, another firefighter, and explorer are the engine. And he's like, We're taking off going because it's like, you know, three houses down the street from the fire station. I mean, it's very close. So I go and Taryn, he's like, Wait for other guys. So I'm like, Okay, I hop in the rescue. Uh, I had two captains and another explorer come. We hop in the rescue. We take off. We pull up right behind the engine. As we pull up, I look out and I look at the peak of the house and it's all. Thin, thin white smoke wispy smoke coming out of the eve and i'm like oh crap and it's a balloon frame house i'm like it's already <laughs> go it's already going upstairs so i told the two captains like hey it's already going upstairs like you got to get that wall that ceiling ripped open and at least see if it's there and if not get upstairs so one captain he took a firefighter that was on the engine they went inside me and another captain we were the backup crew so they're inside you hear them tearing a wall apart spraying water tearing the ceiling apart see him move across inside and the whole downstairs 
little smoky, hazy. You could, I could see all the way. You could see all the way across it. Well, they yell out as they're going ready to go upstairs. Like, hey, we need the tick, and we need a, um, we need another pike pole or something like that. We need another tool. So we got them that, and they ran upstairs. And I'm like, well, okay, we're going to take these tools up to them. So me and my captain, you know, we get upstairs and we go and we give them the tick. We give them the thermal or get them a tool, another tool. And you walk halfway up the steps, and you start into some gray, grayer smoke, and up and up there, up high, it was like starting to get black, but it wasn't super hot. Well, long story short, what what ended up happens? We end up having a smoke explosion where one of the firefighter, the one firefighter that was up there initially, his low air alarm went off, so he had to bail out, get out of the house. He walked down the steps and walked outside because his low air alarm off, and the rest of us stayed in there. Well, um, the other captain, his low air alarm went off as well. So all three, the rest of the three of us all went out. And I was the first one to lead down, going out the steps out of the three of us. And as I'm walking down the steps, and I was probably about four or five feet away from the doorway, all of a sudden, out of my left side peripheral vision, it's a big glow. And the next thing, I feel heat, and then it just, like, the explosion, and it threw me out the front door oh, onto the porch. So I was kind of thinking on one knee, maybe, and, uh, and it was at night, so I'm looking, and all I see outside is just embers in the sky. I was like, holy crap. And the fire chief's oldest son, he was outside, man, the hose line there kind of feeding it to us. His eyes were like the size of saucers. He's like, holy cow. And at the time, I'm like, crap. I'm like, I got to go back inside and see where my captain's at. I walked back and he was on his hands and knees at the bottom of steps because he was just coming down the steps and it threw, it blew him off onto the floor. So I get him I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, where's the other captain? They're like, so we're yelling for him. We hear nothing. We're like, oh my gosh, we yell a couple more times. And he finally speaks up while he was trying to compose himself. He mm-hmm. was coming down the steps and he laid flat against the steps as the whole fireball went up the steps and ignited all that smoke and everything. So after that happened, uh, the next day, um, so I texted the lead instructor that I helped teach with. I texted him and then I also texted, uh, Phil Jose. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I texted Phil Jose or or maybe it might've been Sean Gray. I texted one of those to figure out, okay, was that a smoke, smoke explosion? Was it a backdraft? What was that? What was it? Yeah. And yeah. And in my mind, so guys are like, oh, it's a backdraft. Oh, it's flashover. Oh, I'm like, well, flashover is well, it's not a flashover. <laughs> we know like, that. Flashover is everything catches on fire. And they thought it was flashover because there was uh, some paper on the table that had caught on fire. Well, it caught on fire as the fireball ro- rolled through. Yeah. Um, so, and so I, you know, had to describe it on the text back and forth a while. And they're like, man, everything you're saying sounds like a smoke explosion. So I did more, you know, YouTube research and just, I had to read up on the whole thing. Cause guys were like still confused on like, that was a smoke explosion. I go, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't hot. It was a cooler heat and it exploded because we had knee walls there and that's where the whole fire and everything was in. It got into yeah. the knee walls and it just worked its way to a spot where it opened up and it blew. Mm-hmm. So that was I mean, that was a good networking thing because I, you know, I think I touched with Phil or I touched with Sean on that one. Oh, definitely. Um, and then the other time, oh, God, oh, recently. So just recently. Um, so I'd seen 
a YouTube video or something, Mo Davis um, talking about something. And this was like last year, two years ago. I'm like, okay, good. You know, great. No clue. You know, not paying attention that, okay, it's Mo Davis. <laughs> well, then a couple other guys that I know, like, oh, we went to this conference and Mo Davis was there. And, oh, super great training, blah, blah, blah. Well, then at FDIC, um, National Fire Radio, uh, Jeremy had um, Mo on there talking. And I was like, holy crap. And then I also looked him up on some other YouTube thing that he'd done recently. I think it was Lake of the Ozarks, maybe, that he was talking. I looked at that and watched that, and I was like blown away. So he, Mo had posted something on Facebook recently about um, Reed Hoods. So I asked him about that and he messaged me back, you know, like the next morning. I was like, oh crap, Mo, Mo messaged me back. I'm like, oh my goodness. But it was like, we actually had a good little conversation back and forth. So, I mean, it's not a huge networking thing. It's like we're best buds and we're hanging out drinking time, but it was just that, you know, I wasn't afraid to just message him and, mm -hmm. you know, see if I got something, you know, it'd be like, you know, your most, you know, admired movie star like oh i can't you know message them because i'm just you know little me well, <laughs> whatever whatever who cares yeah you know strike up the conversation so it was great so um yeah i had this little text thing going back with mo davis a little bit so that was pretty cool <laughs> but. Uh, and one thing even though networking can be inherently selfish the one thing that comes along with networking is that when you start the networking process with other people you have to be prepared to know that you're going to be on the other end of that and be okay with that and be willing to be that other person with information for other people. Right. And that, what's that is the hand in hand thing. So yes, yes, it's selfish, but you are also then you're, you're setting up to give away a lot of your time on the same end for you other know, people too. So like, as much as, you know, like I like kind of like get in awe of like the, you know, national recognized instructors that are traveling all over the place and you're like, all, you know, starstruck kind of thing, you know, even mm -hmm. though regular guys, you know, I get that. It turns around and it, it happens to you as well. Once you, like for me, I've been teaching, you know, firefighter one guys on surrounding departments. And then what happens is I get them like all of a sudden start messaging me mm -hmm. on stuff. And it's like, why, like, why are you bothering? I'm like, I think, why are you asking me? You've made it. Like, <laughs> but, you know, but in there, you know, I can see like, oh, you know, he taught me, so I should ask him. Exactly. Like, you oh, are the subject I, matter okay. expert in right. their minds at the moment. Right. And but that's I don't, great. But I don't, yeah, but I don't <laughs> think of that. I don't think of that. That You know, I forget yeah. to think that, hey, that's the thing that you got to be cognizant of, too, as an instructor. And you're out there teaching stuff that you know. You got to remember that, okay, you're teaching this and you know it you know otherwise don't be teaching if you don't know don't be teaching yeah. crap you don't know but if you know it and you're teaching it you gotta remember like okay those that you've taught are gonna maybe have a question and come back and reach for you someday to touch up or maybe they understand it and you got it you definitely have to make yourself available to them i mean you can't oh, yeah. close you can't close that door because you're 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 kind of you're closing the door on their path mm -hmm. in a way you know what i mean I'm actually going to be getting into that on another episode with uh, one of the first instructors that actually made a huge impact on me uh, for, so we're going to, we're going to get into that in a future episode. So I won't get into it too much yeah. here. Um, right. But, oh shoot, I had something else. What was it? <laughs> what was it? Oh no. It was right there. It was right. right there. Your first instructor. No, something before that, but I can't oh. remember what it was. 
Um, oh, yes, I know now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny to think about because, and once you think about it, you're going to like, it's going to screw you up. But everybody at some point was a novice. They didn't know anything. Exactly. So you, look, you look at all the people that you look up to and I look yeah. up to and everyone else. Yeah. They're the top of the they names were, right now or whatever. Yeah. They were literally back when they didn't know they were, anything about fire behavior. Yeah. They didn't know anything. Yes, yes. And you got to remember that, that they were once yeah. there too. And they yep. had to get there some way and you can too. Right. And what's, and, so, and kind of on that really that, so the lead instructor that I help teach fire one and stuff, he was my instructor back when mm. I started. So he's 72 years old now and that was 20 years ago. So, which just blows my mind. Cause he doesn't seem like he's, it doesn't seem like he's 72 <laughs> really, but you know, with all the fire dynamics and all the whole different things that come out whole learning, you know, he's learning as well, which is, you know, and we talk, we talk about this, you know, like I talk about, Oh, I learned how to do this way back then. And he's like, yep. Yeah. He goes, I remember teaching that. He goes, we don't do that no more. Cause that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's great. Cause he's learning as well. You know, yeah. he hasn't stopped learning. So that, yeah, I mean, he, I don't know, he's kind of like a father figure to me. I mean, he's just, yeah. Super awesome guy. So oh, that's awesome. Well, it's been really great having you on, David. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say to either of these subjects to kind of wrap no, it up? Or? No, nothing I can think of. Just uh again, you know, tell remind people, you know, get to training. If it, yeah. even if it's in-house, you know, if you can get out of the house, get out, get out of that bubble, um, get out of the county, if you can get out of the state, great. Again, I I understand a lot of departments are restricted on budget and that's 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 the kicker in the whole thing you know restrict on that and make you know try to make the best of it and get to what you can so especially the free stuff man if you can get free stuff go to it if you can yeah. so if nothing else but, even if you can't take the whole whole uh class back home with you or whatever there's got to be something in there that you learn or yeah, that, you, that yeah. makes you think about something else that you're taking from that class. So yeah, every even, class, if you can't learn something from every class, I don't think you're thinking about it mm -hmm. hard enough. <laughs> right. And um, so like last night we had our, last night was our training night and our training officer, he wasn't able to make it last night. So uh, the chief's like, well, who's instructors? And well, I was like, oh, so-and-so's an instructor, so-and-so, Dave's an instructor. And then this sister, he's like, hey, Dave, what do you want to do for training? I'm like, I don't know. What do you, I'm like, what do you think? He's like, I don't know. You're the instructor. I'm like, all right, hold on. Give me a second. I'm like, all right, we're going to throw ladders. I'm like, we're just going to grab the 24 and we're going to throw a 24-foot ladder. So I pulled the 24-foot ladder out and I explained to him, you know, the different manufacturers of ladders. You know, there's mm -hmm. uh, Duo Safety and Alkalite. I explained the different weights and ladders because they, you know, none of them knew that. And none of them, I don't think, even knew the two different manufacturers. Um, I explained to them, you know, different ways to carry it. And, you know, the hot, you know, the low carry, the high, low shoulder, high shoulder. And I told them if all else fails and you can't do one of those, just drag the stinking ladder to the building. I mean, Mrs. Smith needs out of the house, out of the second floor. Get the ladder over there and get it up and get her out. It doesn't matter. You know, I went over fly in, fly out. Again, Mrs. Smith is stuck on the second story room and she needs out now. Fly in, fly out does not matter. Yes, you want to have it fly out or whatever the manufacturer recommends, but get the ladder up there and get her out. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Um, tying off a halyard, show them how to do that, you know, quickly. And again, I told them, 
again. If Mrs. Smith is stuck up there, who cares about tying off the halyard? It's all situational, all and it all yes. depends on how fast you need to do yes. stuff and how fast you can do stuff. Yes, and again, so. and that's what I told him. Like, and it's practice. I mean, practice on the simple things like that. Just go grab a ladder and throw it. You don't have it. Don't have to take two hours. It don't even have to take an hour. Just go grab the ladder. You know, get your PPE on. Grab the ladder, throw it, raise it up, bring it down, put it down, do it like three or four times, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've done, you've practiced it. And at least you're getting more comfortable in that muscle memory. Same as like um, pulling hose or advancing hose. Same thing. I don't have to take up a whole hour. It can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes of advancing hose line. It's just getting in that muscle memory of doing it over and over. And there's little, little training things like that that people can do that don't cost any money at all and it'll mm-hmm. make you more more efficient on the fire ground and you won't look like that bumbling <laughs> bumbling what? guy that just showed up so <laughs> one more thing on the the freer yeah. or cheap uh networking don't disregard social media so mm-hmm. facebook facebook groups like i said i mentioned before engine company resurrection is my number one favorite one to go yeah. to uh had just find other facebook groups like that to go be a part of actually be a part of the conversation that's the only way you network on social media you have to talk back and forth with other people you can't just go and look at everything i'm i'm one of those who likes to go look i don't always talk when it comes to facebook with instagram i'm more of a talker uh tends to be so we'll kind of have conversations on there and then shameless plug for not the app but for my people on clubhouse oh yeah clubhouse is <laughs> I, awesome yeah not a sponsor of clubhouse but i stinking love it and that's actually yeah. how david you and i met yes and uh that's how i we know people from across the country we talk with them almost every it's, day yeah we're in the is, fire service which is crazy like the people that are on there that have their own businesses and stuff that we promote that you and I promote, I know I promote and I'll tell them, Hey, so-and-so has this product and it's the best thing in the world. I go, I just talked to this person last night, or I just talked to him like five minutes ago. You know, I know this person basically I'm trying to say, I know this person and I can vouch for them that their stuff is good or their product yeah. is good you, or what you they tried the product. You, yeah. you use the product. You, you know, yep. the person, you know, they're coming from a good place. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have people from all across the fire service coming on here. Yep. Uh, and that's a whole nother network. That's a whole that, nother network. A whole network. <laughs> another yeah, explosion. So that's not thing, even so. out, out of house trainings. It's a whole different thing. So <laughs> if you guys have the chance to get on clubhouse, it might suck out a lot of your time, but it's worth yes. it. And you but, get to have that, real conversations with people. Yeah. The other thing on the whole networking thing is, you know, and again, it's, you know, we're having a fire, um, fire service conversation here. But Mm -hmm. even if you start out with that fire service conversation, make sure you branch off into what you, you know, similar likes or dislikes or whatever. Okay. Sports, food, family, you know, like, like we're saying in clubhouse, we talk about, I mean, we (laughs) all, I think we all know about, you know, each other's families, I think a little bit in in a pretty good way. I think, you know, we don't know everything about everybody's family, but we know a little chunk a good chunk of people's families and uh we taught the fire service stuff in there and you know we're we finding kid a lot we... of hidden talents for people yes. lately. oh my <laughs> gosh it's just funny like seriously like the the talents that people like you're like oh my gosh you wouldn't think that person has that talent yeah. which is kind of cool so, yeah exactly yeah that's just awesome so, so yeah no, i just had it's, to plug that stuff really quick just so yes. people who can't make it to other outside conferences right now or whatnot 
um, they have another way to start networking. For sure. And don't, yeah, especially for people going out on Clubhouse or even Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you're not into like your face being seen on Facebook and video and stuff, then Clubhouse definitely is the way because you're just talking. But mm-hmm. if you get out there, definitely start a small conversation. You don't have to like be the whole center of the conversation, but maybe start asking some questions and somebody yes. will answer you back and just kind of get a feel of the land and, you know, and kind of no get questions. Yeah. And kind of get you out of your shell and get yourself more comfortable. So, yeah. and that's what I had to do really, even outside of social media, just going to like conferences stuff, you know, it's like, Hey, how sm- strike up small little conversations. And Exactly. You're like, Hey, where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. You know, like, get out of that like comfort that. zone. If they're in career, what's their schedule? If they're volunteer, what's their main job and blah, blah, blah. And you start trailing off into other conversations. Yep. You're going to find a similarity yep. somehow or something that really fascinates you. Yep. So anyways it was really good talking with you david awesome it was great all right uh david if anyone wants to reach out to you how are they going to do that um they can catch me on facebook uh david stender um and instagram my instagram is cooper kent c-o-u-p-a-r-k-e-n-t um that's both my boys middle names together um my other kind of instagram is america needs firefighters Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. Oh yeah, so American Needs Firefighters, that is the brainchild of my youngest son uh, that he came up with back in 2018, I believe. Um, And I had different ideas on how I wanted to do that and what it was supposed to represent and be and what it was for, blah, blah, blah. Um, Initially, I was trying to figure out a way how I could raise some money to give back to volunteer career wildland military firefighters maybe Mm -hmm. you know okay i whatever i make some money and i i can give back by paying for this guy to go to a conference here or to pay for him because he needs new boots or this guy needs gloves or something like that um but i was kind of like okay how do i determine who gets what that's the part i struggled on and then, um, so I was going that avenue. And then another uh, instructor that helped me out at um, Kirkwood at the community college teaching, we were both each other's right-hand man. And he ended up taking his life back in August of 2019, which was a huge kind of blow to me. So uh, after that, I was like, well, NFF is now for mental health and suicide prevention kind of thing. Mm-hmm. and I tried that kind of thing, but that was just really, that was not, I really wanted to do that, but it was just not, it, I don't know, it wasn't working for me for, I don't know why that was just not working. And um, so now it's just a converse, conversation piece. American yeah. Firefighters, basically, I have some t-shirts out there that I have a sh- on my Facebook. If you go to that, there's a shop and it takes you to t-shirts. Basically, it's just an avenue for, you know, if I'm wearing the shirt and you say, hey, what's a What's American Needs Firefighters? It's like, oh, well, hey, are you a firefighter? Yeah, I'm a firefighter. Like, oh, me too. It's like, well, why, what, what's this mean? Like, all American needs firefighters. Like, what do you mean they need firefighters? Like, dude, like America needs, we America needs firefighters. Like, 
staff, you know, there's departments out there are limited on career guys that, you know, they're running two man, three man, you know, personnel per uh, truck when they need to have four man. You got volunteer fire departments that are limited on guys during daytime. They may not have anybody around during the daytime. They need firefighters. I mean, they're needed. So it's more of a conversation piece thing now is just like strike up the conversation of why are you needed? So well, I don't think it's a bad stance to take with that. Right. You know, just because um, it, it is a good conversation piece to have overall, but organizations don't necessarily mature automatically into what they're supposed to be in the end. Right. And if it's going to mature into something else, it's going to in its own time. It'll, but, yeah. But for right now, just having that conversation piece is so yeah. important. Right. So I made up the, I have like, I think I had four or five design shirts and stuff initially. And um, so in 2019, I had a lady print up a whole bunch of shirts and I took them to our CETA fire conference as a vendor. I was a vendor there and I sold a buttload of them, but I made a little bit of money, but a good chunk of the money went back to pay for the shirts that I got. So I was like, I was like, "Eh, this is good and bad. I mean, I made some money, but yet I didn't really make money as like, you know, more as like, it was fine. It was actually, I mean, it was good. Um, and then the lady that made my shirt, she actually took on another job. So I was like, Oh, like that sucks. I'm like, so, and I had a website at the time and I was like, okay, this is more of a hassle than it was. I mean, I need to figure something else where I can just have the shirts out there. It's on a website. It doesn't cost me anything until somebody buys the shirts, you know, then they mm-hmm. take a chunk of the, chunk of change out of the cost of the shirt and i get a little portion of it which was fine so i went that avenue now and so that's how that's set up but i was just you know my within my designs i have um they all say a and ff on them i'm pretty sure um one of them on the back of it has calming fears easing minds and saving lives which i caught that from i think a new york there's a new york fire department uh, fire station that was a saying that they had that I grabbed from somewhere so I was like oh that's pretty cool so I threw that on the back of a shirt with a Maltese cross um, the other one is you know since America needs firefighters in my mind I'm like how do I represent like the whole United States so I'm running that through my mind America you know I'm thinking okay coast to coast from you know, east coast to west coast I was thinking so I came up with the whole design it's a silhouette um, from east coast to west coast and it has the washington bridge it has um the statue of liberty it has uh sears tower the st louis arch it has like a farm with a windmill uh i have the grand tetons i have the utah buttes at the seattle space needle and then the golden gate bridge it's all in a one cool. silhouette all together yeah so then I did that, and then I realized, oh, oh, I don't have anything for Hawaii or Alaska. And they're like, oh, stink. So I was like, well, how do I, how do I do that? Well, then, so now yeah. I have, I know, right? I put like the aloha flowers, like Hawaiian flowers. Oh, okay, that works. Yeah. So I didn't add anything. I didn't change anything there. But what I was like, well, like how, okay, America needs firefighters. Great what let's break it down a little bit smaller I'm like oh iowa needs firefighters nebraska needs firefighters I'm like oh like how about if i put a maltese cross on the front of each shirt that has the state flag 
inside it for each state. And then on the back, it just says America needs firefighters, you know? That's so nice. me being from Iowa, I got an Iowa state flag and you could have Nebraska or Washington or, you know, Illinois or whatever state you're from, mm-hmm. you know, kind of way to represent your state, but also, you know, says ANFF on the back. So that's what I got now. I think I have like five or six states up there right now. So my goal is to get them all. I have three of them kind of in the queue that I'm working on. So okay. to get up there. So. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's a whole nother avenue to, yeah, somebody can get a hold of me. So yeah, um, my Facebook is David Stender or American Needs Firefighters. And then Instagram is Cooper Kent and American Needs Firefighters on there as well. Uh, and of course clubhouse <laughs> and clubhouse <laughs> yes i'm on clubhouse um i may not be able to talk all the time but i try to um i try to get in there a little bit um with my work projects getting ready to kick off here um maybe a little bit less time but i'll yeah. definitely try to be on there for sure so and that's a, that's i always like especially those Friday morning ones. Those are the mm-hmm. ones I was always looking forward to that. I usually always look forward to because you can really get a good array of people from all over the place that maybe oh, yeah. they just come in and listen, but nothing says you can't go out there and maybe ping them and ask them a question or, you know, have a sidebar conversation with them or something. So, well, it was really great to have you yeah. on. Uh, people feel free to go contact him and come hang out with us in clubhouse and, until next time i guess we will see you guys all later thank you thank you thank you taylor it was good (laughs) all right thanks for coming by and listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed it be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening follow us on facebook and instagram at couplings fire podcast see you next time everybody